0: Everybody, happy Sunday. God, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity for us to come together and worship you together. Give us your spirit and your understanding to do your will in our lives, for that is when we are the most fulfilled. Open up our hearts. To understand and hear and receive your word that you have for us today. You are a provider of all things and our God. We worship you now.
1: to glory.
2: So we're starting a new series today on hope. And man, we were singing these songs in the first service and one of the thoughts that's been going through my mind is in the last couple days and in the weeks that we've been preparing for this service, or the series is we don't only own the corner market on hope. You know, there's this thing of like dominating a certain sector when it comes to a topic, but we own the monopoly board when it comes to hope. You know what I mean? It's like everything else outside of the living hope that is found in Christ is a shadow of what we get when we when we come to the King, when we come to the reality of who this one that we call Christ, who this one that we call Messiah, King, God. I mean, it's just it's just an incredible thing to know that we come to the very source of hope and Gloria's going to be preaching today, so I'll get off the stage soon, but I had this verse in my head this morning, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, and to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. So Father, I pray that as we get into this new series, Lord, that as Floyd just lays the groundwork for where we're going, God, that the hope, the living hope that is found in our King, that the hope that goes past all pain and preconceived ideas and all of the stuff around us that fails, God, that that hope that stays true, that is firm, that is a foundation of eternity, would just invade our souls, God, that you would meet us today that you bring us to life, God, that as we continue through the month of November looking at this eternal hope, this hope of glory, that you would just open up our hearts to the revelation of our inheritance, God. Thank you for every teacher that pours their hearts out for our kids. I pray that as our kids go to the kids' church today, that they would just be receiving the gospel, Lord, and that you would give strength and wisdom to each person who's pouring out themselves this morning for our children. In Jesus' name, amen. If you want to know what's happening in the church, check out your bulletin. It's in the middle uh, in, insert. If you have kids, you're more than welcome to bring in the kids church at this time. If you don't, just stand with us, and we're going to continue to worship.
0: So uh, before we start this song, um, I wanted to make a, a clarification about the lyrics. Um, I've been t- talked with some people about it, and. Uh, there's a part where it talks about um, Friday a thief, Sunday a king. And uh, as you all know, Jesus never stole a thing in his life. Um, <laughs> but what that means is Friday he was killed and crucified as a common thief in our stead. But he was raised victorious as a king, as the king he's always been. The king has always been, the king he is, and the king... He will ever be. So when you sing that lyric, don't think, oh, he died because he stole something. Think, he died in my place, a thief and a sinner, unjustly but necessarily, that we can live forever with him as our king. Amen.
3: Come up here a second. I got a wardrobe malfunction.
1: Oh.
3: Is he in here? Uh, Josh or somebody, I don't know. I just came unclipped here. I need this oh. refastened. Happening, I forgot my water down there, too. Thank you. Alright. <laughs> I got a lot of equipment today. I I want to tell you I, well, something I said earlier in the first service. We want to encourage you here at Friends Church to just be very expressive and shout and say preach it and amen and all that kind of stuff. and. And our goal is to drown out that guy, that Colombian guy back here by the door. Okay? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. There, yeah, we all get freed up here. You have all, we, you not only have our permission, you have our recommendation on that. Okay. Very good. Okay. Well, this morning, um, I am starting, I am the leadoff guy on the relay team here. We're starting a series on hope. And uh, I don't know, for some reason, everybody's really excited about this. I'm pretty jazzed. I mean, I got a lot out of the scriptures this week. Um, and, uh, but however, uh, this morning's message is going to be kind of a little different for me. It's more like a Bible study. and 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 actually, the form that it's taking is the way that I study the Bible. So... Uh, I don't know if that will be helpful to you, but hopefully we're all going to get something out of this. And I better take up the offering before we go on here too far. Father, thank you, God, for everything that you provide for us. That we have in Christ everything that we need for life and godliness. And Lord, our finances are a part of your kingdom. And I pray, Father, today that we will increasingly realize and enter into kingdom prosperity, generosity, giving, and realize that, God, your hand is upon us and upon our finances. And so, Lord, we thank you for providing for us. We, I just pray that everyone will get a kingdom mindset on their finances and that they will begin to think Uh, in a generous way, not just for the offering today or Friends Church or any such thing, but God, in every respect throughout our lives, that we would be uh, givers and realize that the supply is unlimited in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, I would really recommend that um, you get out your Bibles, if you have your Bibles. Otherwise, there, there are notes in the bulletin. But uh, the reason I want you to have your Bibles is because I would really like you to see what's going on in Romans 5, 1 and 2 and then circle some important words here that are pretty cool. Um, It says here, I'm going to read these two verses and man, when I started looking at this I, I just saw how amazing, this is awesome the way this thing is constructed which I never saw before. It says, therefore having been justified by faith we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we also we we also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and exalt in the hope of the glory of God. And I want you to I want you to circle justified. The word justified. I want you to circle grace, and I want you to circle glory. Now, this message is about the central word in which we are focusing is hope. And as I studied the scriptures this week, I found a pretty interesting uh, phenomena, and that was that hope was oftentimes associated with glory, as it is in this verse. And the interesting thing about this is that it starts out in verse 1, it talks about being justified. And then we move toward and into grace and we end up in glory. The hope of glory. And and in a way it's the picture of our, it's like the alpha and omega of our lives in Christ. That we start out in justification, we go through grace and we end up in glory. And as we Consider this, um, I'm I'm really going to be talking about something that is fantastic. I'm talking about the glory of God. And I'm not talking about some far-off thing in the millennium, and I'm not talking about the glory that was in the early church in the book of Acts, because that, for some reason, seems to be what we do as Christians. We put things, oh, that was great in the book of Acts, and yeah, we're looking forward to something beyond us. But I believe that the Bible teaches, and I hope that I will have convinced you by the time we get done today, that glory, the glory of God, is something that we are to experience now. And I, I have to say, I don't even know what that word means. I mean, I know that it means splendor and majesty and the excellence of God. And Hebrews uh, uh, one three says that, that Jesus is the radiance of the glory of God. So we're talking about something radiant. And it says that we are to have hope in this glory of God. So we're going to look at this. We're going to break this, these two verses down today. But I want to make something. I want to make a very important point. And, and that is that, I was thinking about it this week, it's very profound, it's super simple, but sometimes I think we lose track of maybe the, even the essential things about the Word of God. This, this book is filled with the, the encounters that people had, the experiences they had, and the relationship that they had with God. It's not just a book about theology where we study the nature and purpose of God and we get all of our doctrines correct and we get all of our perspectives adjusted and that's the end of it. It's designed. This book is designed to bring you into an experiential and personal and intimate relationship with God. That's the purpose of the book. Right. Amen. And, and so when we talk about the love of god that's an experience it's not meant to be a concept in our minds and neither is this having when we exalt in the hope of the glory of god it's simply that we are moving into this glory it's out in front of us and yet it's it's present and, and that's what this verse that I have here in your notes, 2 Corinthians 3.18 is all about. And when I first started really looking at this verse, maybe a, a couple of years ago, it seemed like, oh, that's deep. That's way out there. I don't understand a word of it. But it says, we all. That's, that's everyone in this room. We all. It's something for all of us. And what does it say? With unveiled face. We could go into that, but never mind that for right now. (laughs) Take too long to get into that. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. You're looking into a mirror, and what you're seeing is something of the glory of God. And, you're, and what's happening is you're looking in the mirror and you're seeing your identity in Christ. You're seeing who you are, but you're seeing the glory of the Lord. And we'll get into that. But but we're looking in a mirror. We're seeing the glory of God. And what's happening, We are when we do that, when we spiritually do that, when we're in the secret place, when we're feeding on the Word of God, God, by the Holy Spirit, begins to take His Word. And we're looking into this mirror. We're seeing something supernatural. We're seeing this glory of God. And we're, there's something that glory of God has to do with our identity and who we are and what we are. And so... We're looking in this mirror, and it says we are being transformed. It's an ongoing being transformed. And, and, and in what way? Into the same image from glory to glory. That is not the book of Acts. That's not the millennium. That's right now it's being transformed we're looking into something and our minds are being renewed and we're being transformed from glory to glory and then ephesians 3:20 20 and 21 now to him who is able to do far more exceeding abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Wow. A, I mean, we've got, to, we've got to realize that the Holy Spirit in us can unveil, can reveal, can make this stuff real to us. That it's not just a bunch of, you know, incredible words put together. So let's look into this, this scripture Therefore, having been justified by faith. Justified by faith. Romans three twenty three to 25. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And evidently, God is in the process of rectifying that situation. But we would no longer be falling short of God's glory. He's, he's bringing it back to the church being justified as a gift by his grace now you know this may be very elementary to maybe many of you but we need to become competent we need to become proficient in these facts and we may, we need to be able to communicate these things to our city because you are all ministers of the gospel. And so you need, to, you need to have this ability to communicate these things to others. And in fact, if you're sitting in here today and you don't know Jesus Christ and you don't know what it takes to be saved, we're talking about that right now. You can be saved today. You can receive Jesus Christ today and it will be as a free gift to you. You do not have to earn it. You don't have to straighten out your life. You can be justified as a gift by His grace through the redemption, through the payment, which is Christ Jesus, whom God displayed publicly as a propitiation in His blood through faith. That means, propitiation means, that God gave His Son on that cross, he was, he was whipped. He was beaten with sticks. He was, he was, he was so uh, deformed that it says his face was unrecognizable and his bones were protruding out of his body. And God looked at that sacrifice and the propitiation means that he was satisfied to cover and to pay for the sins of the whole world. It says that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. That's 2 Corinthians 5.19. That, that Jesus was made to be sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. You know, some of, these, some of these points here would be really good to go, amen, that's great. Go, Floyd. Amen. But now, but, but just so, because Rocky's here, I have to make this, this uh, statement. That doesn't mean booing, okay? Because, you know, before you criticize somebody, you need to walk a mile in their shoes. And then that way, you're a mile away and you have their shoes. you're not getting my shoes rocky all right so but it says god demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners christ died for us that is really awesome good news much more having now been justified by his blood we shall be saved from the wrath of god through him that means you do not have to straighten your life out. You don't have to get on some kind of treadmill and bring yourself, climb a ladder up to God, which is basically what every other religion does. You can have immediate relationship with Jesus today. Put your faith in what he has done for you on that cross, on the blood of Jesus, and then you will be justified in God's sight. You can be born of His Spirit. You can be reconciled to God because God is not counting your trespasses against you. And every person on this planet is either going to be a Christ receiver or a Christ rejecter. That's what this is about. Hebrews 10.10 Having been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all sanctified, you're made holy, pure, cleansed, perfected through the offering of the body of Jesus. This is gospel. The gospel is not about rules and behavior. It's about entering into a relationship with God and in through that relationship, kind of like the branch being connected to the vine out of the vine flows this sap and it flows out into the branch and the branch does not produce of itself the fruit at the end of its uh, uh, the, the end it it is a product of the relationship therefore you enter into the relationship god begins to transform you and guess what your behavior begins to change as you go further into that relationship. And it says in Colossians one twenty, through him to reconcile all things to himself, talking about the cross, having made peace through the blood of his cross. We have peace with God through the blood of the cross. I was... Uh, uh, the last time I got my haircut uh, i don 't know about you, but the gal that I get my haircut from and and probably most haircut, they will talk about everything because they got all these people to talk to all day long, and especially uh, more so if they don 't know you 're a pastor, so what I do is I go in and I tell them, I trade commodities for a living, I trade crude oil futures, which I do about an hour and a half. Uh, uh, a day, five days a week. And so that way, you know, they feel free to say anything. But then comes that moment when they, when I have to say, because of the conversation, well, I'm a pastor at Friends Church. And then it's like, oh oh, what me think? What did I say? And all these things, you know, kind of regretting some of the conversation we had. But uh, I'm sitting in the chair, she's cutting my hair, and then she says, you know, um, homosexuality has just split my family right down the middle. It's so bad right now with this thing. And she says, well, what do you think about homosexuality? And I said, I said well, I can tell you one thing. Homosexuals are welcomed at Friends Church. Amen. And so are fornicators and thieves and liars and all the rest of it, right? Come on. Come on, and she, her eyes got really big when I said that. I she was not expecting that answer, and then so then that leads to, well, would you marry a homosexual couple? And I said, well, let me put it this way. You know, when you bought those clippers, she's clipping my hair. I said, uh, when you bought those clippers, you got you got instructions how to use those things. In other words, you don't get in the bathtub and you plug that. Those clippers in and start shaving your legs that's not a good way to you know use that product well god has given us this book with instructions on in how to live a life that is not going to destroy you or it's not going to hurt you it's going to be healthy and and you're going to be strong you're going to have a good mind sound minded and you're going to be happier if you follow the instructions So he's given us these rules to kind of help us, you know, keep situated and keep in a healthy uh, environment and healthy mindset. And she said to me, oh, yeah. But she said, nobody can keep the rules. So how do you get into heaven? (laughs) I mean, I was like, oh, wow. The fruit's falling right off the tree here. (laughs) So, so and this is the funny thing. I... I'm at, she's done with my haircut. There's a whole bunch of people right here waiting to get their haircut. And so I said, well, Stacy, that's gonna have to wait until the next haircut. And she went, oh, I hate those, hay- those cliffhangers. <laughs> so now the next time I go in, perhaps we'll pick up on our, on our conversation. Anyway, we have access and what I do, you know, in this Bible study, I'm looking at each word, and I'm going to the Greek, and I'm going to the, to the uh, dictionary, etc. And so we're looking at the word access, and it means a leading or bringing into the presence of another. Has the, th- it, the word has the thought of freedom to enter through the assistance or favor of another. And I would like you to, I'd like to just recommend that you do something in your study of the Bible. Just read the first chapter of Ephesians. And look at where all the places, I think there's like about 15 places, 12, 15, something like that. It says, in Him, through Him, in Christ, over and over, in the Beloved. We have so much in christ and and part of the the thing about preaching and, and the thing about hearing the word and reading the word and studying the Word and meditating on the Word is that we're learning what we have received, what has been given to us in Christ, and it's far more than what we recognize right now i I, I was thinking about that this uh, this week, and I I I was um, I was you know my mind I it's like a card catalog or Google search you know I'll, I'll think of something and I think oh God where's the uh, support for that idea and and I and instantly Acts nineteen came to my mind that Paul was passing through these regions, came to Ephesus and and he he uh, uh, he found some disciples and he said did you receive the Holy Spirit since you believed and they said they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And that's the way, <laughs> that the way it is with a lot of things in this book. We have not begun to perceive and understand and receive and know what God has given us in Christ. We're at a very low level of comprehension right now. And that's why we have to be children. Jesus said, unless you become a little child, you will in no way enter the kingdom of God. So there's so much uncharted, uncharted, wrong word, uncharted (laughs) territory in God's word that needs to be explored and discovered. The kingdom of God is like a treasure hidden in a field. And so he says, seek and ask and knock. And, and I want to tell you, I've said this to a number of people here, that I am like, in my life, I'm looking at the finish line. I'm getting a little older. I don't know if you noticed that. I'm not 35. So I'm getting a little older, but I'm looking at the finish line. And you know, like when they, have those, they, they, they had horse races on TV yesterday, and, and those horses, they may, they may be timing themselves around the track, but when it comes to that last turn, they are an all-out sprint to the finish. And that's what I'm doing. And that's what I recommend to you that you do. Even if you're 10, you're 15, 20, doesn't matter. Give it everything you got. And then at the end, you will not regret it. But if you don't, If you don't give this everything you have, if this isn't the primary uh, thought, activity, uh, purpose for your life, you're going to get to the end and think, Oh, my God. Oh, God. I settled, like Eric was talking for, a pot of stew. You'll be sorry. Another verse that came to me is out of Revelation 3 where Jesus is uh, addressing the Laodicean church, a lukewarm church. And and he says, you say you are rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. They were like, hey, we have arrived. We are happy. We're content. We're, we're rich. And I don't think it's just the money. It's just the contentment that they had. And he corrects them and he says, you don't know what you don't know your own condition. You're wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. And I can't stand it. Because God, Jesus loved them and he loves us so much. He can't bear that we would be in that kind of condition. He wants us hot. He wants us full of passion, full of zeal, full of energy for him. And if you don't have that, ask him for it. That's what I've done. Wow. I mean, there's times I'm combing my hair in the morning. I'm going, God, thank you for, for zeal, for passion for you. God, you're putting this in me. I'm not doing this. Thank you, Lord. Whew. Wow. Okay. Okay. Ephesians 2.18, we have access. This is really cool because it's the Trinity right here in in just a few words. Um, We have access in one Spirit through Christ unto the Father. The Holy Spirit, the Son of God, and the Father are all working this together to bring us up into this relationship. And therefore... In Hebrews 10.19 there, And therefore brethren since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus by a new and living way which he inaugurated for us through the veil that is his flesh That seems like a mm, wow that's deep what does that mean I don't know what that's talking about Hey you got some unexplored territory to discover that's what this is about. And what I'm saying to you is, that's what I'm all about. That's, I mean, it's just something that I, that, that I think about all the time. I just think, there's more to God than what I know. And I want to do that for me and for you. And I hope you'll do that for me. Yes. We'll all be on fire for Jesus. And it'll be the most joy-filled thing you could ever imagine. It says, joy unspeakable and full of glory. Wow. Unspeakable joy. That's not a concept. That's an experience in God. Okay.
1: Mauricio,
3: Yeah. Don't, don't be bringing up Mauricio during my message, please. It makes me want to grab my baseball bat. No, no. That's for Rocky. I'm sorry. No. Okay. Um. we're going to throw in a a testimony right here. And I'm going to call up Clarence Tegosiak, which is, you can remember his name because it's T-O-G-O-C-A-K. It's almost like a travel agency, you know? And um, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that Clarence is going to give a testimony about something to do with Jesus. In the morning service, he got up and started talking about Something he read in People magazine. I don't know. He just went on and on. Okay. Watch your clock.
4: Today. This thing on? Okay. Hi. My name is Clarence Tegosiak. Um, I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ and uh, a little nervous. Um, oh, praise God. I love this church. I, I, I love... You know, since, since I've been coming here to Friends Church, it's only been two months now, just over two months uh, since I've gotten out of prison. You know, I spent four years in prison, a little over four years. And, uh, you know, the Lord pulled me out of there. Actually, he met me there. Um, you know, he got a hold of me in prison and he and he set a fire in my heart. You know, it's hard to explain but, you know, the Holy Spirit, when he starts moving in you, you know, he, uh, you want to share it with everybody, you know, even with the guys in prison, you know, and, and especially the guys in prison because they're the ones that need, it, that need it the most. You know, the Lord, it's something else to watch the Lord work in a place like Goose Creek, which is a new prison uh, outside of Wasilla, 30, 30 miles outside of Wasilla, you know, um, where there's 1,500 prisoners there. From Alaska. Uh, man. You know. You realize that in the past two and a half years. That 115 prisoners have been baptized. You know. And they're running out of room. In their smaller, their smaller group sessions. So they have to move over to the places like the chow hall. To meet. Because there's more people. You know. The Lord is moving in our churches. He's moving. That's why we need Prayer. That's why we need to ask the Lord to keep on moving. The Holy Spirit to invite him in this place. He's, the Holy Spirit has met me every time I've come to church here. You know, and he just, it's so sweet to hear the, the praise team and to, to see people raising their hands. You know, I was sitting back there last Sunday, and I was, I was sitting behind a, a, a couple with some kids. And there was this little, little girl, and she was just praising God. You know, I mean, just moving moving for the Lord, you know. And, I, and that made me smile because even little children, you know, that's the way we need to be. But we also need to expect more. You know, the Lord, he wants to move in your hearts. He wants to move this church because there's a huge ministry out there. There's people dying out there. You know, one of the things that, that uh, uh, the Lord has put on my heart is about the, the villages here in Alaska. You know that Alaska has the highest suicide rate in the nation. Young native men especially. Because there's so much hopelessness out there. The people in prison. The Lord put it on my heart. And it's not about me. It's about, it's about them. The Lord put it on my heart to start praying for these guys. You know, and even the Lord loves. He, he showed me that he loves even the most vile, the most unlovable person. He loves them. He wants to bring them out of that. I I went to church with rapists, with murderers, and it's something else to watch the Lord start to work in their lives. People that are never going to get out of prison. They're never going to see the light of day outside of those fences. But you you, you see the Lord start to work in their hearts. The Holy Spirit start moving in their lives. You know, there's something more to this. There's a lot more to it. The Lord wants to use us, this church, and also all the other churches in Alaska to start moving, to start bringing people into this because there's so much more for us. He he, he has so much more. You know, he loves every one of you and your kids, our our families. You know, being in prison, um, how I got there, you know, it wasn't great. It was the lowest point in my life and and uh, you know i know that prayer changes things you know because my wife she she was praying for me and i thank god she was praying for me you know prayer is so powerful you know if she hadn't been praying for me i don't know where i would i, I would have wound up you know she told the lord she said lord even i don't care what you have to do just get a hold of him and that's what he did you know It wasn't the Lord that brought me to prison. It was my sin that brought me to prison. But It was the Lord that made something good come out of it. You know, it was Jesus Christ in my heart. When I finally realized that I needed him, that I needed his word. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. It's one of my favorite scriptures. You know, and prison is kind of a rough place. You know, you run into all kinds of characters. You you know, and when I first got in there, there was fear there. The Lord took that fear away. Just like that. Just because of a prayer. Because somebody gave me a scripture. You know, I mean, you know, for I have not given you the spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of sound mind. And just like that, the fear was gone. So I was able to talk to people. Talk to people I never would have before. I was able to minister to them and and show them that, there is love. Even to people that are never going to get out of prison, But they yeah. see that there's something there. They see it in our lives. You know, when the Lord starts moving in your life, when you start getting into the, the word of God, that starts coming alive. The Holy Spirit starts moving in your heart. And it's hard to explain, but, you know, you start letting it go. Real. Don't be afraid of what man thinks. Another one of my uh, scriptures is, the Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do unto me? You know, when you, when you realize that in your head and also in your heart, man can't do anything to you. My, my God, he's got my back. And that's what it took, you know. And when, when I got out of prison, you know, I didn't know where I was going to, but I said, Lord, bring me to some place where you want me. Because I love praising the Lord. I love your praise team here. I love our praise team, you know. And, and uh, in prison, we had a praise team, too. Um, but, you know, the Lord, every time I came to church here, and this was the first church I came to. Every time I came to church, the Lord met me here just in the praises and then the preaching. And it's all good because you guys preach the word of God. You know, I I, I praise God for this church because you guys are Bible-believing Christians, and that's what this world needs. That's what we need. That's what Fairbanks need. That's what Alaska needs. And I just want to keep on encouraging you, you know. Uh, Keep on praising the Lord and get this word into your heart. That's where it belongs. Thank you.
3: Thank you. Awesome. Love it. Love to hear what God's been doing in people's lives and making making all of this real. And um, uh, let's go to. Um, it says uh, we have access by faith into this grace, and I just want to spend a couple minutes talking about what what the word grace means. The Greek New Testament word has two meanings. Um, depending on the context. The, uh, the first meaning is the unearned, undeserved, and unmerited favor of God. And uh, in your notes there, you have a couple of verses here that uh, exemplify that. By, by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God a gift not of works lest anyone should boast Um, and then romans 4 it says now to him who works the wages are not counted as grace unearned right but as debt in other words if you work you get paid if you don't work you're getting something for free But to him who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness. I like to think of it this way. Justified means, and you've probably heard it said, just as if I'd never sinned. I like this better, just as if I'd always obeyed. Because once you're justified, you are qualified to receive answers to prayer, you're qualified for the inheritance of God. You're qualified for the kingdom of God. And 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 everything that is promised in God's word, you're qualified. Because you're righteous. And that's what you have to be. You have to be totally and perfectly righteous, which is what you are through faith in the cross of Jesus. God gives you this gift, of righteousness, of justification based on the fact that you are putting your hope and trust and faith in what Christ has done for you. And so there's this exchange of he was made to be sin and you're made the righteousness of God in him. And this is what you need to know to be saved. This is what you need to know to communicate to the city. And like Clarence was saying, we all have a ministry and should be active in that ministry. In other words, you should be telling your friends, your neighbors, your co-workers, strangers on the street about Jesus. And, and these are the this is the message. And then the second meaning of the word grace, and this is a, you know, these are just words and they're not really fully... Uh, all of the adjectives are not there to really communicate what the meaning of, uh, of this meaning of the word grace. But it's the divine enabling power of God. The divine enabling power of God. The first meaning of the word grace, the unearned, undeserved favor, is Jesus for you on the cross. The second meaning is this divine enabling power is Jesus in you. Jesus in you. And that's, uh, I was watching, uh, a couple of years ago, I was watching this uh, program, sports thing, on television. And uh, it was called the, it was a competition of uh, some Major League Baseball players where, where they were calling it the Home Run Derby. So these guys would all go up to the plate one at a time and they would get 12 hits. They had a pitching machine, it was just lobbing the ball in. And they were able to get 12 hits. And the winner would be the one who hit the most home runs out of those 12 hits. And I saw Sammy Sosa come up to the plate, and I was like blown away. This guy was so big. I mean, his arms, his bicep looked as big as my thighs. And so I'm watching him, and the stadium was built so that there were three uh, tiers of seats beyond the outfield fence. And I watched Sammy Sosa hit one of those balls up over those three tiers and into the river behind the stadium. And I was like, wow, that was impressive. And so I, I, it kind of dawned on me, this is kind of like a picture that we need in terms of Jesus. And without him, we're kind of like, like this glove here. We're like... This isn't going to do much. And, and, but suppose, I mean, this is what we are apart from Christ, okay? But suppose, now this is new covenant coming into play. This is like old covenant, really. All the rules, everything, all the, all the requirements. Go out there and hit the ball knock it over the fence, you know? And, but the new covenant is different. And so what if by a miracle of God, Sammy Sosa showed up here and he said, Floyd, here's what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to spend, I'm going to take two years and I'm going to show you all the secrets that I know on how to hit that ball out of the park. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to work with you uh, physically. We're going to do physical training. I'm going to show you my stance, I'm going to show you my swing, I'm going to, I'm going to work with you psychologically, we're going to work out in the gym, and, and we're going to do this for two years, till I can get you to that point of hitting that ball like I do. How many think that's going to happen with me? Oh man, this unbelief has swept the room. Holy cow, I thought I'd get more than just Rocky. Thank you, Rocky. Rocky's a believer. Come on. So, so. but, but, so let's say by a, I'm sorry, by a miracle of God, Sammy Sosa could climb up inside of me. And then he, inside of me, hits that ball. That's a whole different thing. And that's exactly what we're talking about. Every, every other religion on the planet is trying to hit that ball out of the park Through self-effort and through the through the sufficiency of man. You wanna see you wanna see a, a, a great picture of false hope? Go to the movie Tomorrowland. I was blown away by that movie. You guys know what I'm talking about? Anybody see that movie? Wow. It is it is total it is total false hope. And it's totally it's hope in man. But God says there's no hope in man. In fact, in, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12, it talks about our condition before Christ, that, that we were without God and without hope in the world. There is no hope apart from Christ. And so the new covenant talks about this grace. And this verse says, this is the grace in which we stand. And then we exult in the hope of the glory of God. In other words, this grace is sufficient to take us from justification into that hope of glory. And that word hope means, it's not, it's not like blow out the candles on your birthday cake wish. Its, it's actual meaning is a confident expectation and happy anticipation of future good. It is a certainty. It's like vision. And like that verse I showed you earlier, it's a vision where we go from glory to glory. We're going level to level of glory, more glory. And yet there's a hope of even further glory. And that's what we set our hearts and minds upon. So the church should be full of hope full of an expectation and a certainty of a positive good coming into our lives. And it comes as a gift from God. It's awesome. And we need to look in that mirror, like the Bible says, and realize this hope. And I want to share with you one last thing. This is so amazing. And worship team, you can come up. Listen to this verse. This is so powerful. It says, this is Paul speaking. He says, I was made a minister according to the stewardship of god that god bestowed on me for your benefit so that i might fully carry out the preaching of the word now here's what we're saying he's talking about th- i was called and given this ministry i was given this stewardship of this revelation and it, and this was what my preaching was all about that is the mystery which has been hidden from past ages and generations but has now been manifested to the saints. What is the mystery, Paul? What is it all about, the riches of the glory? He says that it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you. That's the whole message. It's it's getting to this point where we have Christ in you, the hope of glory, and you're getting a full revelation and understanding that he's in you and that by his grace... He can do exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or think. Come on, you guys. There's so much more to explore and understand and press into than what we have currently experienced. That's the message deep in my heart, not only for my life, but for the church. I'm saying there's a lot more to be had. And we need to go forward because the end result is glory in the church, both now and forever. Amen. Thank you.